If you thought the offseason was going to bring calmer waters, I've got bad news for you. Our first emergency podcast of the 2024 calendar year, the Dolphins mutually agreeing to part ways with defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. We're going to get into it here today on Locked on Dolphins. Emergency podcast time. Strap in. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Today's emergency podcast episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way. To play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. Look, somebody left a YouTube comment and say, hey, the, the info is great on locked on Dolphins, but where's the juice? Y'all going to get some juice today. Emergency podcast time. Vic Fangio, he's out of here. Uh, the Dolphins releasing a statement from Mike McDaniel, thanking him for his efforts with the Dolphins, uh, but it's been concluded that the parties are going to mutually agree to part ways this offseason, and Fangio is already being tied to the Philadelphia Eagles, which if you remember, when the Dolphins hired Vic last January, but they didn't really hire Vic because we had to wait until after the Super Bowl, and then Vic was like weirdly non-committal about it in the first place, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles was who he was consulting with. And the, the reports now say uh, he wants to be closer to his family, look for him to get hired by the Philadelphia Eagles as their defensive coordinator after they moved on from both of their defensive coordinators this year and Sean Desai and also Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, Patriots offensive coordinator in 2022. So imagine him working a successful defense. Uh, it's a joke. But um, I think if you, you reflect on the timeline of events, uh, there's enough here where as more information is starting to come out, you're, you're hearing kind of mutually agreeing to part ways. You're hearing some of the writing on the wall being ideological differences, whatever it may be. I've already seen a couple of, of, of insiders kind of allude to looking for a more collaborative approach. Uh, the same kind of facilitator for them moving on from Brian Flores as the head coach of the team. Uh, it seems like there was some friction, at least behind the scenes. So let's kind of walk through Vic Fangio's one-year tenure with the Miami Dolphins. He is announced as the DC to be. Uh, it's not confirmed. He publicly is asked and does not confirm about his personal situation. He does end up after the Super Bowl taking the job. If there's a report that comes out, if there's not the tampering with the Cardinals and Jonathan Gannon, he ends up in Philadelphia as the DC there. Vic's asked about it and he doesn't deny it. He like he kind of leaves it open-ended that maybe he would have been. He's like, yeah, it's neither really here nor there, but he didn't slam the door shut on that like being a realistic possibility. And then you go through the off-season program and you get to uh, training camp and Vic's asked about his personnel and he kind of alludes to having some pieces but needing to find more and they never really brought anybody else into the fray so you kind of just assumed he was talking about players in-house well they didn't really get it um you get to week one David Long who's your two-year 12 million dollar 
contract signing at linebacker, plays 17 snaps in favor of Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, an injury to, to Jalen Phillips facilitates uh, Andrew Van Ginkle to the edge in week two and puts David Long in, and David Long doesn't look back. Vic Fangio's asked midseason about some personnel stuff, and he says, I've made some suggestions, but that's not really my pay grade. It hasn't happened. They brought in Bryce Callahan. Um, I believe John Johnson was a player at safety that they had looked into, but but didn't bring him in. They brought in Ndamukong Su for a visit, and that didn't happen. And then it kind of comes out at the very tail end. Vic's asked about the veteran pass rushers for the playoff game. And he says, well, they didn't really ask me. I just kind of found out those guys were were in the building. And like saying all of it publicly in the way that Vic did when asked about it kind of gives you the impression that like he maybe wasn't vibing with, with that element of how this team was being run. And then you think about the Cam Smith stiff arm all season long. You think about the Channing Tindall lack of traction that happened there. To the point where Cam Smith's not playing uh, and Ethan Bonner is getting corner run over Cam Smith. Um, Just a lot of kind of little nuggets that when you zoom out and you look at the full timeline of the relationship from the very beginning, something didn't quite pass the sniff test. I don't think this is just Vic Fangio wants to go home and be in Philadelphia around his family. I think there was some legitimate friction going on with these two parties throughout the course of this season. And as I said earlier, this is the kind of stuff, if you're not playing guys because they're not your guys and you didn't want them or you don't want them, um, you as the the defensive coordinator have the right to do that. But uh, that's the kind of stuff that helped facilitate the Dolphins to move off of their head coach from a bigger scale when they moved on from Brian Flores. So if there really was kind of this power struggle dynamic or this kind of push-pull about personnel and who's who we got and who we need and you're not getting my guys, then, yeah, man, like this wasn't going to work. And it is a mutually beneficial decision. Uh, even though Vic Fangio, when he wants to be, is an outstanding play caller and a brilliant football mind. And his loss uh, has the potential to be a, a loss that hurts this team. There's no question. And I don't mean to gloss over the football, the X's and O's elements uh, of Vic Fangio leaving, but I'm just trying to contextualize how we got here. Um, and, and we're going to shift gears and talk about some of the player reactions that have already come out and to look at things from a player perspective, which again, it is pretty enlightening that this is not just all sunshine and rainbows and Vic wants to go home and hang out with the fam. We'll talk about that next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It is you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in. So if you like good return on investment, Prize Picks, if you get six player stat projections correct in one selection, you can win up to 25 times your money. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy for your entries uh, for 
if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance policies. They also have Apple Pay to make sure you can constantly stay in the game. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for your first deposit match of up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for your first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I t- tell you what, there's not a lot of bleeding hearts out there uh, in Dolphins' realm for the departure of Vic Fangio. We've seen uh, Javon Holland send out the tweet and delete said tweet and then uh, send out an Instagram story of him kicking rocks. Uh, you have, I, th- I believe, Javon's dad. Sent out, everybody wants an iPhone, but nobody wants the iPhone 1. Hashtag upgrade. You have Jalen Ramsey liking tweets about the Dolphins moving on. Uh, from Vic Fangio, the announcement tweet uh, that, that they have since moved on. Cam Smith uh, tweeting out an unlocked lock emoji. Um, so enough, enough smoke here. And I think you look at this through the player perspective, too. Obviously, the Cam Smith saga was one that Dolphins fans asked me about every single week. And I don't have an answer, guys, because I'm I'm not watching the closed portions of practice. All I saw was training camp when there were open practices and I was there with the media and I saw the preseason game tape. Then there's the Jalen Ramsey element. And this is another element of kind of this writing on the wall, friction, if you will. Jalen Ramsey's getting asked on a weekly basis about shadowing number one wide receivers and openly saying, yeah, I want to do it. I want the challenge. And the team not doing it repeatedly. <laughs> and um, I know one of the things when I, when I talked about Jalen Ramsey specifically, when the Dolphins acquired him, we we talked about his role the last few years uh, in LA and how he was able to be unlocked as a defensive weapon as a player who primarily moved around this year in Miami he was not that he almost never played in the nickel you saw a couple instances down the stretch where they bring some corner pressures and and bring him but Jalen Ramsey played the past couple of seasons 500 plus snaps in the nickel and the Dolphins didn't really do that. And I understand some of that is your trust or lack thereof in your other corners, Xavier Howard and Cater Kohu on the outside. And um, uh, I think you certainly left meat on the bone with Jalen Ramsey this season, regardless. Now the Dolphins defense, uh, they had good performances against good teams. Uh, The defense limiting, some really good teams to low-level points. They've also laid some eggs. They laid an egg against Buffalo the first time they played. Uh, They laid an egg against Baltimore, and Vic himself said he called a bad game there. Uh, You gave up 14 points defensively to Kansas City the first time you played him. You played admirably, and I think Vic kind of got out of his own traditional identity in the playoff game. Uh, Give up 26 points, Ben don't break. Uh, but played admirably. Like there's instances of some really admirable efforts from the defenses and losses against the playoff teams. But um, the players, at least a number of the players, don't seem to be too upset by this departure of Vic Fangio either. And that 
certainly doesn't help the cause if that level of attitude was there and it seemingly goes both ways. And there's a little bit of speculation here, but anytime you're made the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league and you last one year and then you're out, I think you can look at the saga with how it started where it was kind of left open-ended that this was not necessarily my preferred destination in the first place. I think you look at uh, the player reaction to the news, particularly some of the more um, high-profile players that have the opportunity to move around and, and uh, kind of be defensive weapons for you. And I know the whole Fangio spiel is we don't want to tip our hand. We want everything to be static before the snap. I understand that. I understand the ideology there. But to not match personnel allows you to be put in positions at times where one of the downsides of that approach is if teams understand the coverage rules and they anticipate what you're in, they can really dog in. That's what Baltimore did with Todd Monken and Lamar Jackson and, and those routes out of the backfield and those uh, switches uh, where Miami just, they manipulated your coverage rules. I think the first Buffalo game was another really good example of that, where you're running route combinations to a T perfectly against certain coverages to understand how to defeat those coverage rules. And if you become predictable, then the vanilla theory really doesn't help you um, in, in that regard. So there's, a net loss, I think, and potential for net gains. Um, it really depends on what direction they're going to choose to go uh, to replace Vic Fangio. And there's a whole slew of comment, commentary and content that we could do off of that. Uh, we'll do a little bit of it here just to kind of invoke some names and uh, get this process started here on this emergency podcast episode of Locked on Dolphins. Passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the trophy, but they're also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the dub. Keep your ride or dive alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. So let's talk some names. What are the Dolphins going to do at defensive coordinator in 2024? Mike McDaniel's third in three seasons. Um, I do get the, the impression, however, that if Mike McDaniel would have, for at least from the conversations I've had, if Mike McDaniel would have had his way when he first started his staff in 2022, uh, you probably would not have held over Josh Boyd. I always think strapping... Coaches with holdovers from previous regimes and schemes is very slippery slope. Uh, so McDaniel comes in, Josh Boyer's the DC uh, after Brian Flores' departure, and you get 
of 70% version of the defense that, that Brian Flores calls. So you move on from that. Then you bring in Vic Fangio and you make these personnel changes and you install this new scheme and uh, it's slow to start at times. The run defense was really, really good, which you have a lot of respect for because, you know, the vanilla presentation, they are a very nickel heavy team. So that's a lot of stress on the box and the safeties. And they did a good job with the run defense for the middle 14 games of the season. I think he kind of fell apart in the final three. And obviously you didn't start the year great with your first install against the Chargers when they ran for 233 rushing yards. So, um, And we already mentioned some of the, the points allowed, some admirable efforts from the defense and losses that were losses nonetheless because we didn't get complimentary football in all three phases. And uh, here we are. So I think you can look at a number of different places. I think you can look at the Fangio tree. You can look at a return to the previous ideology of defense. And I think you can look uh, internally. If you're going to look at the Fangio tree, and there's a lot of smoke on the timeline for this one, uh, Brandon Staley, former head coach of the LA Chargers, former uh, one-year defensive coordinator of the LA Rams. That, that group, of course, was a star study group that included Aaron Donald up front, and that always changes your play-calling experience. Brandon Staley called the plays for the defense the last three years in, in L.A. with the Chargers. And in just about every major defensive statistical category, uh, his rankings defensively for his defense that he called the plays for, that was his scheme, uh, their, their rankings didn't start with anything but a two or a three. And I'm not talking top two or top three. I'm talking in the 20s and 30s. I know in points and yards, uh, none of those finished higher than 20th in three seasons in L.A. with the Chargers. Now, there's the conversation about being a head coach and that element and versus being a defense coordinator and all the way in and collaborative process. And Staley developed that reputation when he was in L.A. for the year uh, with McVay. So I understand why this makes some sense. Uh, I would not be a huge fan of the hire. We'll see if they ultimately choose to go down that path or not. Uh, I joked on social media that I would quote unquote, gently light myself on fire. If Brandon Staley was the hire and everybody's like, oh, how do you gently light yourself on fire? I, I will find a way. It'll it'll probably be um, something subtle and we'll, we'll have a lighter or something like that. We'll do it for a bit. And then I'll hope that Brandon Staley proves me wrong if that's the hire that they choose to make. If you go back to the previous ideology, you got a home run defensive coordinator that's out there. The challenge is, do you have the corners to run? it? And that's Wink Martindale. Uh, Wink with the Giants and Brian Dable uh, for the last two seasons uh, was somebody that I was a really big fan of the idea when Mike McDaniel was coming in to run the defense. He goes with Brian Dable on that staff for two years. He's out because of ideological differences, uh, but he's a very aggressive defensive coach. I think with the personnel that Miami has, I think you think about Ramsey. I think it's a, a man-heavy scheme would be a better fit for Cater Kohu. I think Cam Smith can play man. That alleviates some of the instinctual concerns that apparently exist there. I think that could be a really attractive fit. If you go back to something like, not Josh Boyer, but something like, we want to be aggressive, we want to blitz, we want to play some man coverage. 
That could make some sense. And then you have the in-house guy who's the total wild card and he's a really well-respected guy and he got his shine on hard knocks and that's um, Coach Campanile, linebacker's coach for the Dolphins. I just don't know what I would expect there. He's been here through several regimes across both schemes, uh, but he's just recently interviewed for the Giants defensive coordinator position. Uh, It seems like it's just a matter of time before he gets an opportunity to run a defense. Is that because you know him, you know what kind of collaborative efforts you're going to get from him. It's going to be more in line with kind of the the vibe and the chemistry that you're, you're looking for. Is that the most important thing? Because if it is, then that's probably the top of the charts for Miami. I just don't know what that scheme looks like. I don't know what that X's and O's on game day looks like. I know my personal preference is I always like to have a body of work to point to. And I haven't seen Coach Camp's body of work because I'm not in the building, so I don't know that element of it. So just from an external standpoint, I think the most attractive option is probably Wink Martindale. Long-tenured, highly successful defensive coordinator on the market. Some parallels to what the scheme was with all these guys, like all these guys other than like Cam Smith, It's probably a little bit more simple of an experience for Channing Tindall than all the zone match stuff and communicating two or three in motion and switch and swap releases and passing guys off inside. And if everybody goes away, then I got to look for for so-and-so coming back and I can't completely get like there's a lot more moving parts and complexity for the backers. So if you're looking to unlock Cam Smith and you're looking to unlock Shannon Tindall and you're looking to allow everybody to play fast and be a little bit more of a simple defense and rely on the talent that you've assembled, I do think deferring back to what it was before, at least to some degree, and I think you can the more pitches you have in your bag, the better. I think Wink makes sense. I think Coach Camp would probably be my second preferred. And then Brandon Staley, as of the three names that are most buzzy right now um he seems to be the most buzzy on from the insider game so much so that i i had somebody dm me and say hey get your lighter fluid ready so make of that whatever you will we'll figure that out if we need to uh but that's where we stand with vic fangio no longer being the defensive coordinator of the miami dolphins they will have to make a decision i would envision there are probably some additional staff changes coming Uh, especially now that they have made the decision with Vic Fangio. So keep your eyes peeled there. Hope you guys enjoyed this uh, emergency podcast on a Wednesday night. I'm Kyle Krabs. You can keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Fins up. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll be back to talk to you all again tomorrow.